Welcome, everyone. You were listening to and perhaps watching Hot Sauce Sports. Uh, we have a little bit of a different format today. Uh, once in a while, our Graphite Duke decides to uh, join Terry, Tam, and myself. You'll see the three of us in the camera. Or on the screen. So, seeing us in camera would be bizarre, uh, but you're seeing us on the screen if you're watching. If you're hearing, you're soon to hear their voices. But before that, you will you will hear Eagle's voice first this week. How's it going, Eagle? This is a voice, and it is loud, and I can talk, and they haven't said anything, so I'm just going to keep talking to fill the void until the music is about to end. Ironically, I choose when the music ends, which is sometime around now. Yeah, it feels like it's been on for three hours. Um, so, we got good news. We're, we're back in the orange zone for those living uh, in Montreal, Quebec, and, and Quebec in general, you'll know uh, what that refers to. Stuff is starting to open up in our hometown of Montreal. Um, Duke, you and I are going to a restaurant this weekend for the first time yeah. in like over a year. Yeah. So that's pretty uh, cool. We're, we're, actually, we're actually yellow zone now. Yellow, my mistake, sorry. Where are you I, guys uh, going? You're, you're colorblind, so it's fine. I'm trying to talk. I'm going to try and embarrass you us in every way possible. Yeah. Um, I'm looking for ways to embarrass us. And if I don't embarrass us, my mission has failed. Yeah, just show up drunk as usual. And, Where are you guys uh, going? That's how it goes, babe. All right, so for we the 16th time, to... where are you guys going? <laughs> We're going to Bon Gusto. Not a sponsor, but good friend of ours um, and great restaurant. So we do support them. And we support the restaurant industry in general because it's uh, part of lifeblood in the city and they've been hurting. Uh, very, the, very the cool good. people call it BG. A very good pizza over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's going to be Father's Day, and I'm I'm starting to get a little worn out by you know all the Zoom meetings and and just doing the show like not in studio where Terry asks a question 16 times and it's hard to hear him because of the little bit of latency and just a difficulty with nonverbal communication. Stop making excuses for your old age and your deaf ears. That's also true. What's also uh, true. what's latency? Uh, your mom. Uh, the thing is, the thing that I uh, actually latency, Duke, you're, you're going to be very familiar with it. It's uh, so picture when I say words, there's like a delay for you to understand what I said. That's oh, yeah. the computer having that issue. <laughs> yeah, that's my brain, man. It's always uh, <laughs> also. I love how you're leaning into your mic to say words, but your face gets so like, close that half of it gets cut off. And also, the mic is green screened out too, which makes yeah, it so cool. Hilarious. I'm trying to get I'm trying to get it going. Hold on, it's like check this out. I see it. And I'm pretty sure your mic is a condenser, and you don't need to speak into it. It'll just pick it up. Listen, man. Old habits die hard. That's what they say about dogs. So hold Apparently. it. Hold it, then. You don't just hold Whose it on your chest. Who was this to bring this guy on no, the show? No, no, no. <laughs> it was. <laughs> it was his idea. We didn't really have a choice. That's what happens when you give him someone an open invitation. They'll eventually take it. Um, but I had, I had this, this, the, the thing that broke me down, Terry. Um, I don't know if this has happened to you. I was in a random Zoom meeting a couple days ago, and um, you jerked off on camera. No, no, no. That 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 only happened the first week of Zoom. Uh, since oh, then, okay. I learned how to uh, how to uh, close my laptop because I don't know how to turn my camera off. We all took a lesson from Jeffrey Tube in that week. Yeah, yeah. Just put the put the tape on. <laughs> put the tape on. I just put my finger over the camera. Um, no, uh, the, the thing the thing that drove me crazy is um, the person I was speaking to had a blurred background, and for some reason, this elicited this angry response inside of me. Where I thought to myself, I don't give a fuck what your house looks like. What are you hiding? And, like, I don't know why. I was just, it was the end of my rope. I'm done. I need to go back to the studio. I need to stop. I need to meet people in person so I don't have these unnecessarily uh, angry thoughts. Uh, that, that's what got me, Terry. That's what got me. I remember when we first started doing the Zoom and I was doing it from my kitchen in my three and a half apartment. And it was my washing machine behind me. Mm-hmm. And I had like a flag just to cover it. And it was... Like, it was awful. I, I well, we, hated my we life. Always, we will always remember that terrible setup. Uh, I think that it was uh, proof that we um, it was never meant for us. Uh, that flag, I'll never forget. I think it was from a Greek soccer team, no? Yes, it is. I have it somewhere here. You got to pull it out because it's even worse now because you just have a blank wall. And you look like you're in the afterlife right now with all the whiteness. He might be. Honestly, it's not the afterlife I had planned for Terry, but I'm happy for him. I'm really happy for him. I, uh, I expect him to go further south. Um, yeah. Well, like that's the thing for Terry, though. It's, it's good for him to celebrate the one time that Greece was actually in the Euro, unlike this year. So, 
Um, um, which I, I know we're yeah. going to talk about later on, but I named this episode "Did You Know the Euro Cup Started?" because that's how I started every conversation with everyone. Of hey, did you know the Euro Cup started last week? This is going to surprise you. I've seen every game. What? Yeah, I've seen it. I don't. I can't. I've seen two games from the Italian soccer team, and I still don't know Eagle as a, as a, two of the three resident Italians on the show right now. I don't know any of the Italian soccer players, even though I've seen them play two games. Yeah, I had to have a conversation with someone where I had to explain that Del Piero, Totti, and Buffon are no longer on the roster. And I asked them when was the last time they actually watched soccer. That so it's, was- it's funny because not a lot of Italians know the team. Like, I, like there's a few guys that are household names, like Insigne and Immobile. And, like, I'm a big fan of Kessa. Chiellini's still on the team. Yeah, Domaduna, Domadura. Like there's like they still have good players, but like I feel like they're not household names. They're, like the, the Italian squad, soccer yeah. player, yeah, the Italian soccer fan does not know all the Italian team. Correct. I, I was just saying to you before you got back, um, I don't know a single team and watch two games. Um, but all the guys you said, and I can say this because of my lineage, all the guys you said sound like delicious sandwich shops. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Insignia, yeah, perfect. Yeah, I would, I would, no problem. Insignia, no problem. I mean, I would, I, I would absolutely destroy uh, a Cellini, no problem. <laughs> I hear this. Maybe, 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 maybe a, maybe a little, maybe a little uh, uh, Spinazzola. How about that? Some extra, some extra spinach in there, and a little bit of extra, extra cheese, babe. I, I can see myself going for a nice pl- plate of penne at Di Lorenzo's. You know, like I can see that happening. <laughs> and yeah, now, you- like late at night. What about you a don't gelato? Go to Lorenzo, like early. De Lorenzo's like that that place where you're like you had a couple of drinks, you need something to soak up the alcohol. Let's do it. What about buying your house from Immobile? <laughs> no, I hear furniture from Immobile. Yeah, that too. <laughs> don't we have a furniture store called Immobile? Immobile. No, Immobile is what it means in French. It literally means furniture. Okay. <laughs> no, it's mobilia. So I'm just speaking too many languages at one time. That's an issue. Um, yeah, so that's it. So uh, you know what? I'm happy, and I'm sure Duke and Eagle are happy too. We're seeing, uh, you know, Italy uh, winning the first two games of the tournament. Uh, Terry, since Greece didn't make it, who are you rooting for in this tournament? Uh, I'm not rooting for anybody. I have a few futures on Belgium, uh, so if I had to pick a team to go for, it'd be Belgium. But I would just love to see like a really shitty team just make it all the way through, like North Macedonia. You're betting like... on Euro Cup. That now you've really reached a new low. No, like, so all I also, did. You were telling me before this podcast started that you you put uh, money on uh, most goals scored by uh, by who? Uh, most goals in the group stage, Belgium, and also most goals in the tournament, Belgium. You are chasing something right now. No, no, that's it. It was like a ten dollar bet. It wasn't really. <laughs> and I also have least goals, but North Macedonia. So <laughs> every week, every week, it's your dad. Yep. <laughs> he actually called me just before he called peace too it's it's incredible he he uh and i texted him to tell him i'm gonna be on the show i'll talk to you after the show and he works for hot sauce sports it's uh it's it's a wonderful collection of terrible let's just fire him let's just fire him. Um, i think that's a sign to start right the now. show yeah call it's, right a, now, it's, it's a sign that we've been talking too long and it's time for the news Get, get Pops on the phone right now, and I'll fire him. Wait, Pops, listen, the article. Not touch. Ah, Terry, it's the news. Uh, we talked already about the Euro, uh, the Euro starting up. Uh, and, and, of course, this weekend we saw a horrific moment on Saturday when uh, Christian Eriksen uh, collapsed on the field uh, for Denmark. He's all right, all is well. He's in stable condition. Uh, as far I don't actually know if he's been released from hospital yet. Uh, Eagle can, yeah. can look that up. These hockey, um, uh, these uh, soccer players, man, they really fake everything, don't they? Attack <laughs> on the field. This guy fake death. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe he was just looking for a, for like a, a sympathy call, but he didn't get it. Um, maybe he's trying to get I, attention from an ex girlfriend. I had I had an interesting <laughs> feeling when that happened because. I was obviously like everyone else trying to understand what was happening because we didn't know it was a heart attack at the time. We just saw a player collapse, uh, a player who's excellent in the is the prime of his career. Um, and then, you know, player, I went of the year, player of the year in England, but whatever, you know. Yeah. Not, yeah, yeah. He's he's amazing. He's he's out of this not world. A big deal. Uh, but I went on Twitter to try and figure out what was going on, and 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 I saw 
just the vitriol from from people watching saying how dare um you know nbc or whoever wherever they're watching the game you know keep broadcasting this it's disgusting and i was like i was kind of torn because i understand it's uncomfortable but this is something that happened live and it's it's something that's important and i think it's a responsibility to show what's ha- what's happening right like that's no that's, the, the thing is the thing is is that it's not that they were showing what's happening is that they were zooming in on his eyes yes, 100%. that's the problem you know what like, it is? Yeah, I, broadcast it yeah. whatever like you have to like it's it's there it's happening on the field people tune in to watch what's happening on this field at this time but they were zooming in on his face the one dead. the one bit that made me uncomfortable is when they zoomed in on his wife like yeah, that yeah, one exactly that was that, that was, that's no, was okay but the that thing is bad. i will say that like um so there's one camera feed for all the networks right like it's not like there's an NBC feed, an ESPN feed, a TSN feed. It's it's one camera feed. So the 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 people that were getting hammered for this are not even the ones in charge of the camera work. Like they're responding to what they see in their monitors, which is what the whoever you wait for hire to do. Also, to on well, the production side of things, if you're a producer in that room and you're directing this live, you're going for maximum impact and maximum views, right? Like you want this these to go viral essentially when they start clicking, clipping, clipping them later and everything. So I understand the whole let's monetize this dramatic incident, but yeah, it's in poor taste, obviously. And and again, for me, it's like so like you can make the argument, and I know what you guys are saying um, about. Uh, you know, like zooming in on the player, but like the player is the one who's dealing with that, and that's that's the actual moment being covered, right? The wife, to me, did not choose to be a professional athlete. She didn't choose to be in the spotlight. It's being brought to her in probably the most horrific moment. Like I thought about that when I saw the wife, Duke, and maybe you can speak to this. I thought it was like, man, if something public like that happened to my wife, I, it would be the absolute worst moment in my life. I, I, I felt so powerless. You know what I mean? I, I really do think that that my, my biggest issue with with that moment itself and, and the way that it was covered was that like um, I, I think that when we think about Twitter about social media about about the the, the 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 always constant broadcasting of opinions and and of scenes that we see on television there are some lines that are blurred with what we are allowed to post and what we are not allowed to post and I think that we're so used to seeing terrible scenes on a, on a constant basis. There used to be a time when we, we would get our story from the newspaper, for example, but now everything is so immediate. So I, I, I'm not, I, I don't think that there's anyone to blame to this because I, I do agree with what you're saying that we can't blame the show producers. We can't blame the cameramen. I mean, it's all one feed. Um, and also it all happens so quickly. Um, it's also very easy, easy for people to react to this within the moment. Um, but it really does speak to how uh, not only are we desensitized to whatever's going on, but um, it's so easy for us to just look at this and say, you know, this is something that's viral and this is going to get us clicks. So th- that's always the, the fine line that we always play in our. Um, There's in, also in, the, in... the thought process of it's also to help empathize with her, right? It's yeah, she's yeah. at the field and, you know, like yeah. the thoughts go out to her, that type of thing. So, yeah, it's, it's a balancing act, definitely. There's a line there where it goes from respectful to trashy very quickly. Yeah. Well, listen, quick. I mean, listen, if they just pan to her for like a few seconds, you know, to kind of like. I don't know to change the narrative. I don't know what they would do that for, but whatever. Um, that's not the end of the world. But if the camera is like stays on her for a minute straight, thirty seconds it was, to a it minute, it was uncomfortably long. Yeah, point. that's what I'm saying. That's the problem. It's because like she can see that too. Like what we see on camera is normally what they see on the on the big screen over there. So imagine she sees her face up there. Like it'll just throw her off completely. Her husband's about to well. We don't know what happened, but he like almost died. Well, especially at the time, like when it's happening, she has no idea what's happening. She just knows yeah. she's on the ground and unresponsive. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, like I will say, like in terms of like the medics and stuff on the field, great, great job, and and the the team captain whose name is not coming to me, uh, creating a sort of space for him and, and finding a way to open his airways, and just really well handled by by the people on the field. Uh, but UEFA has gotten criticized somewhat. Uh, the options given to Denmark was to finish the game, to play mm-hmm. tomorrow, or to forfeit. Um, I know Duke, you had a you had a specifically strong take. And strong feelings about that in general. Um, okay, so I realize that there are specific regulations that that, that they have and certain rules that, that they have to abide by. And I understand that in these situations they are precedent setting. So, and that's part of the issue is that when we do, when we apply when we apply things specific to the rule, we tend to forget about the emotion and the heart of the situation and and really what the players of themselves are going through. 
Um, obviously, it's hard for me to make any comment on it because I'm not the one that has to play a game right after. And I also don't think that there was ever going to be any kind of perfect solution to um, to how to broadcast this properly. But I do I do think that when you give a team um, these three options, it's almost like asking yourself which poison pill you want to take. Um, I, I don't I don't think that it was right for them to play the game right away. Um, I kind of wish that they would have waited a little bit longer to at least know uh, if the player was alive and breathing before they can do this. Um, but that being said, I, I could understand. I can also understand like the perspective of people setting up the tournament and saying, like you know this. Not playing this game is going to completely affect our schedule, you know, and um, and and also again, and and maybe maybe in, in the league in the league's mind, there was never going to be a perfect solution either. But um, I think in this in this case, you really have to defer to what the team that's ailing from this and ask them what do you think is the best solution and try and find a, a compromise that will make you look uh, rather professional and uh, not make you look heartless. So the thing with the schedule is. The reason why they have such a tight schedule is they're trying to monetize the tournament as much as possible, right? Like sports is a business and they're trying to make as much money as possible. I think that's the part where I, like you, Duke, have trouble reconciling. But I also don't have a solution for this issue because it's not simple to, to cancel sporting events. We saw what happened during the beginning of COVID when, when leagues started backing out of TV contracts and all that stuff. Like it's it becomes very messy very quickly. Um I don't know. I don't have personally have a solution. Terry, did you find it to be particularly cold? Or did you did you think of perhaps like another way that could have been handled at all? Not really. I mean, it's like, what do you do in that situation? Do you pan just to like the fans? Do you um, do you pan just to like you play old clips? Do you replay the same video? Like, what do you do? Like, there's there isn't a perfect solution. The only thing is just think about the people that you're showing. That's it. Yes, hundred percent. You know what I mean? And people, they think about the people that are watching. Like, who? But I mean, I mean more like nobody wants to see the guy. You were sticking to those three choices rather than saying like, you oh, know, my what? bad. Okay, my gonna, bad. Yeah. So gonna, no, gonna, yeah. So the game until we know what happens. That like, that's bad. one thing they could have done, but obviously that throws a wrench into like if, if we don't know for a week what happens to him, then uh, then you know like that that throws a wrench into the plans of the of the tournament, the advertisers, and all that. Yeah. So that's the thing. My bad. I was I, I totally missed the question. So uh, it was <laughs> the only <laughs> wait we to, to fake it though, man. Like honestly, if I was having I know. I, honestly, you, you, I, thought, I don't even know I, what you answered. No, because you you went from the we went from the video stuff to your question, and then as you started, I started writing down notes to clip the videos. Yeah. And then when I came back, my brain was still at the other question. Um, latency. Yeah. The only thing. The only thing is <laughs> latency. That, there we go. Yeah. Latency. There you go. Change the name of the episode yeah. to latency. Yeah. So <laughs> the only thing is like, what do we do? What do we do if the team says, "Well, we don't want to play tonight." And then they forfeit them, and then there's like this whole asterisk next to it. Like Denmark is a good team. Well, but like, that's the other question too, though, right? They were given the choice: you can play tomorrow, and they said, "No, thank you. We'll play today." Like I don't really understand even the choice from the team itself. Like if you were uh, like, not I'm not going to say if you were really worried about him, but why didn't they wait until the next day? Like what was the rush for them to continue playing? I, like, I at bare minimum, at bare minimum, say we're going to play tomorrow, and if tomorrow you still don't feel good, be like, you know what, fuck it, like, we're going to forfeit the game at that point, or can well, we have other I mean, options? I, I thought it, about it happened. That. It happened at, at forty-five. It happened at forty-five minutes. At forty-three minutes. So just before halftime. So in a way, maybe maybe the train of thought was if we replay this game, um, you know, how do we know like how our how our players are going to be playing and whatnot? And maybe they feel like like this like there's only half of a game left. There's not much left to it. Let's at least finish this and get on with our and get on with our tournament. So, uh, but these decisions are rarely rarely given to the players. They're usually yeah. thought, the ones that are running the team. I thought it was something. Executive. I thought it was something uh, a little different. I thought it was that. Whoever made the decision, players, coaches, the worry is that what if um, we find out he's died and then we need to go play the game? Yes. That's worse. Because I think so, at that point, if my teammate dies, I don't think I can play the tournament. I think we have to forfeit. Like, that's just what it is at that you point. Right? Like, yeah, you but I mean, the I that's kind of my point, game. though, right? Like, if, if that actually does happen, if you play the game on the Saturday, which is when it was originally scheduled, and he ends up passing away, you're not playing game two and three anyways, right? You're no. withdrawing from the tournament. Yeah. So what does it matter if you played Saturday? You just say, we're going to play Sunday. That's true. If something comes along, you say, fuck it, we're not going to play, right? Like, at bare minimum, it forces the tournament to have to replan around that new time. And if you change your mind and you cancel then, well, what are they going to do? Forfeit you? That's what we're doing anyways, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Also, there's not like there's – it's not 
not full capacity. They're all it's like in a bunch of different cities. They could have easily pulled like postponed this game to the end of the tournament. Easily, like yeah. no yeah, problem. Yeah, but I think it was. I think it was seeding issues, right? Because they want the, the the qualifiers to start at a certain point, and some teams have more rest time than others, and they don't want to create those situations. Like so there's Schaff, a whole bunch of things like that. Yeah, I know. So scrap the game somewhere else. Like it just like it just seems like they were following policy when this is something that's completely yeah. outside the book of policy and just like figure something out like that'll I, I, I think if that rule was written they, yeah. they thought a player may die on the field yeah right? I, that's, I, that's, I, I guess I guess the reason why I was the most disturbed by, by the decision was specifically with that I always have issues with companies that or, or with organizations that will always take <laughs> policy over reality um, and not fact or humanity in this case or humanity exactly well said um, so yeah so the the, uh, the Euro has been going on the NBA playoffs this is it's been a lot of sports. Uh, I'm sure, much <laughs> like so good. Uh, much like my wife hates me, your significant others all hate you right now too. Yeah, um, <laughs> the NBA playoffs has been out of this world, and we'll talk about Katie's insane game. We'll talk about some of the injuries, but before that, I want to draw uh, attention to the article, and and I want to do this specifically as a service to our audience because uh, you know a lot of people aren't the sports nerds we are, and you know a lot of people don't have access to premium sites like the Athletic, and the Athletic had. An amazing piece of journalism uh, on um, the Maverick situation and a gentleman named Bob Vulgaris. So I'll give some background for the people at home who haven't read it. Um, Bob Vulgaris is a guy who made money gambling on basketball. And then he had, he basically was like just reading coaches' tendencies, kind of like a poker player. And then um, he lost a ton of money. He rebuilt up his capital at a time when nobody was really doing analytics in basketball, he, as a gambler, started uh, studying analytics and started studying uh, which teams were efficient scorers and so on and so forth. And he, he made a lot of money that way. This gentleman was then hired by Mark Cuban and has been working with the team for years and years and years. Uh, he's one of the guys who said, you should absolutely trade the pick to Atlanta where they'll take Trey Young and we'll draft Luka Doncic. Um, oh. For example, like that's that's he's a really 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 smart guy. The thing with really really smart people is sometimes they can be assholes. Bob Vulgaris, uh, it appears as though he's he's butt heads with Rick Carlisle and now most famously with Luka Doncic. Uh, Luka Doncic is, and he have been seen getting into it on the sidelines. Um, at one point, Bob Vulgaris has stopped coming to games since like February, um, and he just. On one side, we have sort of the organization, and obviously the guy's valuable, and he's he's made a lot of good decisions. But then you have also somebody who's going to be Greek. a star and be the leader of your team for twenty years, right? He's, so he's, he's Greek. He is Greek. It's Har- Harabolus, I think is his first name, <laughs> but they call him Bob. Harabolus. It's actually Bobby. Like, like it's weird. It's like the ugliest yeah. Greek name, and it's like when you you shorten it. Like my name is Eleutherios, short to Terry. Caralambo is like the ugliest Greek name of all time. Bobby, Bob. I mean, listen, sometimes numbers guys don't like it. It's what we spoke about before, right? Numbers don't, they don't tell you the full story sometimes, right? Yeah, you're going to be right a lot of the time, but you're going to be wrong a lot of the time too. You know what I mean? And it's like, where where does it get to a point where it's like, why is Luca talking to this guy? He's a numbers guy. He's not the general manager. Well, so one of the the situations outlined in The Athletic is um, Luca was upset with something that happened on the court. And as he was coming off the court, this guy who's not a coach, uh, he's he's basically telling Luca to calm down. And Luca was heard screaming at him, don't fucking tell me to calm down. Which is... Yeah, that never helps the situation. Sorry? That never helps the situation. You don't no, have to shove your face into the microphone. And, and why, why are you telling him to calm down? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, also, like the guy's maybe, a what, do you, what do you think he told him? Maybe he told him, hey, listen... I ran some numbers. Apparently, number 23 gets you a lot more points. And you win a lot of championships if you wear number 23. So maybe switch to 23. And then Luca's like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm not going to wear number 23. I'm number 77. He's like, but listen, I have all these facts that tell me number 23 number 23 won a championship last year. So you should be switching to number 23. So it always, it always amazes me when I look at um, – like, for example, I remember KD being with um, – when he was with the Golden State Warriors – he would say like, oh, all these nerds talking about analytics, but KD is probably the greatest player if you just look at the analytics and then would praise 
Steve Kerr for the offensive system that was built completely on analytics. But the benefit is you have Steve Kerr, who's such a good communicator and a guy who's able to really, you know, put them in a situation for success where it's not a guy just sort of talking down to you, right? He's, he's a guy who played the game, who, who is a really good communi- communicator, a guy who's really good uh, supporter of his players, a, a you know, players' coach, so to speak. So I feel I, like I'm, I'm going to defend. I'm, I'm going to defend. Uh, I'm going to defend Duran on this. I think that there's a difference between playing with a team that has a really cool system, um, and then nerds that like to brag about analytics. Mm-hmm. Analytics are cool. Okay, they're great. Uh, they're they're super. They're super helpful in managing a team. But don't take the credit for everything. And also, um, I'm tired of hearing these people brag about all the analytics that they know about. But, so, but, so, but that's don't that's tell me about it. The, no? the information is valuable, but the communication with the athlete—that's actual coaching. That's actually being a GM. That's actually running a team, right? Yeah. Well, he's a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, nerd. Eagle, screw you. Um, speaking of KD, speaking of KD, holy shit. The, um, so he put up a stat line that closest thing we saw was LeBron in 2016. Jordan never put up that stat like that. It's the single best playoff performance in, um, around other than the first round where the team won the game. It's out of this world. He put up 49 points. Um, he was visibly upset after missing a free throw that would have put him to 50. Um, and, but on top of that, 17 rebounds, 10 assists. And by the way, he wasn't really shooting in the first half. Like the bulk of his points came in the second half. And, and then I ended up looking this up on Twitter because visibly I was like, oh, they finally started double teaming him and it didn't matter. He was double teamed six times in the second half and went six for six on those shots. That's nonsense. So, I mean, the, I think the narrative on this was like, okay, there's KD that did this, but I think people are, are ignoring how bad the Bucks played towards the end of the game. They had this game in their hands, right? They did. They had it They had it in their hands. They, like, no it's crazy to me. It's crazy yeah. to me why they lost this game. And it would have been 3-2 Bucks instead of 3-2 Nets. And, and, and Harden. A completely different series here. And, and, but, and Harden on, was absolutely not, like, Harden was absolutely out of the game. Yeah. Uh, he really didn't look like he was healthy so, at all. And, and so ready yes, to play no, with he, he wasn't but he did also didn't have enough great moments in that game. Yeah, he, he, he could, uh, Harden, sorry, I, can I just finish this point? Harden, I'm just saying that Harden didn't necessarily have a terrible game. Defensively, he was actually pretty good. The main issue was that he was wildly inconsistent with his shots, but it had a lot to do with his hamstring, I imagine. So I'm going to, it was absolutely related to that because you, you saw he, he never even ventured inside the three-point line on offense. At all. I will say on offense, what he did well was ball movement, which the Brooklyn Nets had struggled with uh, in game four. So he really helped move the ball and help create the opportunities for KD. Uh, other than the weird time where he used up the entire shot clock and forced KD to make this ridiculous three-pointer, but whatever. Other than that, he generally, generally helped move the ball well. The, the thing also, like, in terms of defense, I thought it was actually... Mike Budenholzer, the coach of the the Bucks, to me is a guy who's generally liked by players, but he's not someone who makes adjustments well. And yeah. when you know Harden is hurt, and you see Harden guarding Giannis one on one, waving off double teams, Harden, who's in his best shape, a terrible defender, <laughs> you know, like he's hurt, <laughs> waving off the help, and. And you don't have Giannis go to the rim. Giannis is, is settling for these like intermediate jump shots. Yeah, it's not true. something he excels at. And I'm like, I'm like, wow, are, how are you not picking, picking and rolling on James Harden all the time? Like, how is the ball just not running into Harden's face constantly? It was completely mismanaged. Um, and I actually think, and look, I, I'm not a fire the coach guy at all, but I think it was a mismanagement on his behalf. And, I, and again, it's it's not the thing he does well in the game. Um, it's. I, I thought it was. I thought it was a a, a poor, poor situational management by the, by the Bucks. Big time. I think Bud needs to. They need to look at him and be like, listen, are you the guy? Because that was awful. Awful. The other the other thing too is while the team has improved, within two minutes when it's harder to get to the rim, they don't have anybody who can create a shot. Well, because Giannis can't shoot. He can't. And um, off the dribble. Like Middleton, that's not really what he does well. He's a good catch and shoot yeah. guy. And like while um, I'm blanking on the point guard at the Drew, Drew Holiday. Yeah, Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday is an incredible defender. Is that what I'm gonna say? I mean, he usually makes he's he's usually the the secondary option. 
Yeah, he's well, usually he's like uh, his own shot the same way KD we can, the same way we've seen Devin Booker do this entire playoffs. Uh, it's uh, it's uh, it's worrisome that that's where the team's going to fall apart. Like they need a giant lead in the last two minutes. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm not impressed with the Bucks, and as like a, a pseudo Bucks fan, I'm like, eh, they should have they should have won. What do you game. what do you mean you're a pseudo Bucks fan? Oh, because Giannis is Greek. Yeah, that's all it is. That's totally it's it's as paper thin as you thought it was. Yeah, it's so paper thin. Um, speaking of paper thin, the NBA has an injury problem right now. Um, nine stars are in nine nine All Star players are injured. It's the 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 most we've ever had in an NBA playoffs. The most we've ever had ever before was six injuries in the, in the playoffs for All Stars, and we just saw. Uh, well, now CP3 going into the COVID protocol. Um, Kawhi looks to have injured his ACL. He actually might be done for the playoffs. Um, I I look at this, guys, and when you consider the fact that neither neither team that went to the finals got out of the first round, and no none of the final four teams from last year has won a second-round playoff game this year, I see this as just the condensed schedule taking a toll on the bodies. It's it, it's not that the condensed – it can't be the condensed schedule taking a toll on the bodies because what are they doing in an 82-game season? Well, but they never had a season, such a short offseason, and then another season back-to-back. Oh, okay. So like, it's not the condensed schedule. The combined, it's the, it's the, the, yeah, the, okay. the whole year schedule, basically. Okay, yeah. Well, that, how, why, why, is, why is this the reason why uh, Chris Paul got COVID? I, I don't see the <laughs> – Not him specifically. I don't know why. He's been it gets dragged into the rest of it. Of it. Like, like I, I understand I was, one thing. I but, was just the transition, Duke. It's a podcasting thing. <laughs> <laughs> I clearly, I don't have experience with that, so. <laughs> no, you're right. Like, in fact, the fact that Chris Paul hasn't actually been hurt for the first time ever in the playoffs, and we're seeing, by the way, um, his usage rate is nearly 30%, and he has three turnovers during the playoffs is ridiculous. Crazy. He he always has the ball in his hands, and he never gives the ball away. He's been he's been playing lights out. You uh, I don't know how people can't like ignore Chris Paul as one of the best of point guards of all time. Oh, one of the best of all time. What do you? He mean? is absolutely one of the best. Of what has he won? What has he won? When does he won? What what is it? What is it? How did? You okay, know? so name me name me name me point guards you you think are better I'll, than. Chris I will Paul. get you a list. I'll get you a list. I'll get you a list. How many do you want? Top I will of your get head. You Top of your head. Tell me. I, I'll just get you a list. I'm not going to give you no, one. No, no, just name terrible. me. It's terrible podcasting. But no, I'm gonna just name me everybody you think is on top of Chris Paul, and I will he tell you why you're wrong. He hasn't won. And while well, I while well, I Google at the same time. Okay, he what does Isaiah Thomas? What does Isaiah Thomas want? Best. Yeah, that's a good point, actually, Terry. What has he won a championship? Won one. Won one championship. All time. Oh, by, by the way, my, my search actually, I, I completely misspelled it. It's uh, point best guards of all times with a Z. By the way, latency. Latency. By the way, uh, Chris Paul is number two on this list, so I'm gonna shut up. It is. It's Matt. It's <laughs> so Matt. He's not. Chris he's Paul. Not. Mike Bibby. <laughs> no, it's not Mike Bibby. But uh, Justin, Oscar, Oscar Robinson. I've never watched a single game because uh, I'm not like a thousand years old. Not seventy. Uh, Jason Kidd. I'd imagine Jason Kidd and Steve Nash probably on that list. So, I mean, he's about he's about what Steve Nash was like style wise too. Like neither of them had a particularly like sexy style, but they were at their at the point where they became good shooters. They be, they both became very efficient shooters. Very good with the ball. Very good in the pick and roll. Very good at distributing the ball. Um, and solid two way players. Like to me, how great, how great would it be if Steve Nash loses to the Suns in the final? How great? How like. That might happen. Bizarre world, yeah. I think that's going to happen. Just because I, I hope this happens, just because of how much I blasted Alex the intern on how the Suns were going to be a contender this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you won that. I love to celebrate my my uh, the takes that I get wrong. I love it when someone else is wrong more than yeah. that. So yeah. um, that makes me happy. Well, um, and when Alex is wrong, it's even better. Yeah, oh, that's that's like the pinnacle. Yeah. That's that's like having sex on top of a McCain deep and delicious cake. How does um, that work? I, I I just need to know how it works. I'm sorry. What? Sex on top of a McCain cake? It's really easy. You start fucking yeah. on top of a McCain cake. Yeah. But and I, the, wouldn't wouldn't it. it kind of turn you off because you're all wet on your back and then it starts smelling weird and and then you're like fuck I gotta wash these these bed sheets after. Listen, oh. it's like it's like Luca in that moment, man. You gotta be passionate. You gotta come off, yell at Bob Vulgaris, go to the locker room, 
have sex on the McCain Deep and Delicious. That's Carpe all it diem, is. man. Seize the moment. Seize, seize the day. Uh, that, that's our podcast name for, these, uh, for this episode. Latency. Latency in the moment. Um, Major League Baseball has um, yet another cheating scandal. At this point, I don't even care. It's, it's, it's starting to... Like, I loved laughing at them, but now it's not even funny anymore. It's just getting frustrating. And the fact that they keep trying to adjust to the cheaters midseason is just a mess. Uh, but Charles Barkley, of all people, had an interesting take on the Major League punishment of uh, players who they found cheating. Here's what Charles Barkley had to say. The Major League Baseball. Uh, I saw y'all new thing where <laughs> if y'all catch pitchers cheating, you're going to uh, suspend them from 10 days with pay. Way to stick it to those cheaters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that private jet, right? <laughs> Ooh, I mean, that's, that is some harsh damn punishment. What is so not fair. Such a, so not fair. That is a collectively bargained thing in baseball. You can't yeah. compare that to NBA. Imagine, I mean, there's nothing like, they can let's say, let's say I'm uh, fucking, uh, let's say I'm Trevor Bauer. I mean, everybody's, he's ripping, everybody's ripping on him. Everybody saw the video of him. Playing with the ball, how it sticks to his hat. That's next on the show, Terry. Oh, I don't even. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we Terry, should speed up to the show. Since, since no, I, we, have, I only have 19 minutes left, so let's speed. Since the show. Uh, since Terry said that, I just want to say I don't think baseball has a has a cheating problem. It has a fucking rat problem. You go get us the video. The Trevor Bauer video. Um, yeah. So All right, Terry, let's play a fun little game. Is this legal or is this illegal? Try it again. Here it is. I squeeze the ball. What's is that the, legal or the, illegal? Vote what's the, the the liquid that they use? What's it called? Uh, spider tack. Spider. I was gonna say AstraZeneca. Spider Aren't they using AstraZeneca to keep their hand, uh, to keep the ball? So uh, I mean, a lot of pitchers use their own shit. Like you should, if you don't allow that, you shouldn't allow pine tar. No. Yeah. Well, they're, they're not allowing pine tar. They, no, they, you're yeah. allowed pine tar on your helmet. No, no you're not. not for pitchers, though. No, oh, not, not for pitchers. Okay. Pitchers are, are no longer allowed to have any substance on their hands, even though uh, they've been using substance on their hands because of humidity and all that stuff and how that also affects pitching. But anyway, um, what I thought about that, when I saw that the Trevor Bauer video specifically, Terry, I realized maybe, maybe that's the thing. Maybe it is AstraZeneca because we saw last week that the vaccine was magnetizing people. So maybe that's a steel ball and fucking Trevor Bauer's out here like fucking Magneto. I got I got the vaccine here. It's going to stick to Good point. Good point. So this is our battery. Yeah, because batteries are magnetic, apparently. So... <laughs> Wait. Uh, they're not magnetic? They're not magnetic. They're non-ferrous. Uh, but despite, like, we've seen, we've seen Charles Barkley react. We've seen Trevor Bauer joke around. And Trevor Bauer is, like... A, a professional athlete, but he's also a professional troll. Yeah. Um, but here's someone who needed professional coaching on how to answer questions related to spider attack. Here's oh. Garrett Cole in a press conference. What an idiot. I don't... I don't know... I, I, I don't know if... Uh, I don't know quite... I don't quite know how to answer that, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I mean... I like it. I love it. There are customs and practices that have been passed mm -hmm. down from older players to younger players, from the last generation of players to this generation of players. And, um, you know, I, I, think, uh, I think there are some things that are certainly out of bounds in that regard. And, and uh, I've stood pretty, stood pretty firm in, in terms of that, uh, in terms of the communication between our peers and whatnot. Um, you know, and, and the I, more again, he talks, like I mentioned yeah. earlier, oh there's, the I'm more dying. I think of that kid, you know, this is important to a lot of people that love the game. This is including, including the players in this room, including fans, including, you know, teams. And so if MLB wants to, you know, legislate some more stuff, that's a conversation that we can have. Um, right, because like he's, ultimately, he's we yeah, seriously, I'm dying. I'm dying, man. He's gone. Um, I have no idea what he's saying. Where is his lawyer? His well, parents masturbating in his room, right? Yeah. Like, that was the reaction. The reaction was like, Garrett, what were you doing with your hand in your pants? I, I don't know how to answer uh, that question. And, like, if you're cheating, isn't the first thing you do come up with an excuse? Like, isn't that like cheating 101? I don't know. That's, that's just how I thought. 
it's it's not even like coming up with an excuse. Like he sound, you know, the video I'm talking about, the meme. He's like, and I and that and that little kid. It's exactly what I'm thinking of. I gotta find. It. I'll find it and I'll post it. Fine kid meme. There we go. Let, let, let's do this. I'll put Duke on the spot. Duke. Yeah, man. We we have suspicion that you've been using spider attack when you masturbate. Yeah. What can you say about that? Well, I will say that it's the reason why I have no skin left on my dick. Is it also the reason see? why we can only see half your face every time you put your face into your microphone? Better it's right? my better half. I'm a, it's my better half. Also, I want to. I really want to showcase uh, Sun's guy in four. I mean, this guy is. Yeah, yeah it's coming. Don't worry. Life. He's giving me life. We'll get it's to on, that. It's on okay, rapid fire. Just read ahead in the script. You know the things that are going to happen, Duke. Yeah. Um, you also don't need to speak that closely to the mic, and you don't need to go to the mic. Every um, time you speak to the mic, you sound like a, like a, a stripper DJ fan. Coming to the mic right now. Coming to the floor. <laughs> is Sandy with six R's. Before we get to rapid fire, uh, Terry, tell the good people who has brought us the show. I mean... Are you talking about probably the best fantasy in play app of all time, Hot Street? It really? That it, yeah. That if you ta- that if you download it and use Hot Sauce promo code, that they're gonna match your initial deposit with a bonus, with bonus cash. I've been doing it. Thousands of my friends have been doing it. They love it. They love it. It's the best thing since sliced bread. Sliced bread a little bit overrated, I will say, but it is the best thing since sliced yeah. bread. Hot Street Fantasy. On the in the app store, uh, use the promo code Hot Sauce, and you will they will match your bonus, and uh, it keeps us alive. You know, it keeps me breathing, it keeps the roof over my head, so I can decorate my walls with nothing. Yeah, the yeah, only yeah. reason we've had to sell out is because Terry's lost so much money on terrible bets. Uh, I've been on a shit bender lately, man. Like it's fucking, it's dumb. It's really dumb. I put that Joel Embiid wouldn't get any points the other day. I'm a fucking idiot. Like, but that's like, what I was saying. But that's what I was saying before. I mean, you have seen these weird chaser bets on Euro Cup, and I'm sure you don't know half the players, bro. And you're right. acting like it's not a chase bet. You don't know who's on Belgium. Belgium is like Belgium is the best team in the tournament. You're chasing. What am I chasing? I don't know, man. Life. I like the odds. I took the odds. That's not chasing. First of all, no. you, you're not you're not chasing unless you're betting Pac-12 football. In in like November, <laughs> when you're be- when you're waiting up to watch the Hawaii game, or you're watching Oregon or Oregon State, that's when you're chasing. Uh, I've been there. So many SEC losses that you have no choice. Okay, I just uh, bet that Ben Simmons and Trey Young are gonna get points in the next three minutes, and if I don't fucking take get it, I'm gonna throw my phone out the fucking window. Definitely, <laughs> definitely update us with regards to that bet when we're done with rapid fire. Uh, but before we get to rapid fire, Eagle, tell people how you would dress your meat. Um, if you had children, uh, well, for myself personally, I usually put in a little tutu, um, usually little frills at the end and everything. Um, but before yeah, I do that, right. I make sure to rub it top and down with Mike barbecues, uh, rub. I have the spicy one, which I actually like a lot. There's a regular one as well. You can also use some of uh, Mike's barbecue rub sauces. Uh, which comes in many different flavors. Regular oh. barbecue, you have a, a truffle mustard. Now there's a buffalo mustard sauce. Truffalo. The truffalo, which is fantastic. Um, there's a spicy one, too, if you like that. I have some in the studio. We can hopefully show them soon. But, yeah, just fantastic things. So you can get 10% off individual bottles at mikesbbqrubmtl.com. And don't forget to rub your meat. Use promo code HOTSAUCE10 to get that 10% discount. All right, Eagle, rapid fire. All right, so our first one for today, uh, we're going to talk about it. So uh, fighting in arenas is not a new phenomenon. And this one over here is a need man's info for Duke. Uh, It is rare when it also comes down to an accurate prediction about this series. So here is the fight we all get to watch. Duke already has a screenshot of it, but here we go. I want to say about this okay number one you can uh you can never be tough 
wearing a Nuggets jersey, number one. Secondly, sure. if you're going to start a fight in the stands, don't be on the higher on the, on the higher floor, on a higher step. You're just going to get the T-shirt pulled in and get fucking launched right in the right in the chin. Number three, number three, if you stop that video at one point towards the end, uh, you can clearly see this dude has a broken face. There is really? blood yeah. everywhere, and he's not even worried about about his nose, about his teeth. He's worried about his ugly ass Nuggets jersey gonna get and, and his chain. Apparently, life. apparently he was holding his, his chain. chain. So the yeah. whole story with this thing is Sorry. that this Nuggets fan was like talking shit to the Suns fan. The Suns fan wasn't doing anything. He was just like being like, you know, sweep, buy, go home, like the regular fan stuff. And then this guy started talking to him, and then he goes after but apparently like he was showing off his money like the denver guy was like showing he's like hey i got this stack of cash with like ugly watches and stuff and and then this guy just like picked the wrong fight and obviously everybody's like this guy's for sure a hockey player the guy's like i fought twice time twice in my life that was one of them the the thing is that like you know duke's talking about not having the higher ground i thought that'd be an advantage plus the fact that you sucker punch them plus the fact that you're two but you're right you can't be intimidating in a nuggets jersey just look at what happened when uh when uh uh, Devin Booker stood up to the league MVP. You know, like half his size went right up to him, and Sun still swept it. Sun still uh, I mean, I don't it. know. Jokic's brother had some. Brothers had something else to say about that, and it looks like uh, Devin Booker's going to be dead in a couple months. Yeah, you don't yeah, mess with famously. By the way, there's a story on ESPN that uh, when there were kids, uh, Jokic's brother to mess around with him uh, tied him up to like a tree and threw knives at him. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. Uh, just last thing on that, everything I've always learned is you're supposed to respect a high ground because if you don't, you become Darth Vader. So it's true. Well, I guess I guess just to clarify on my point, it's it's just, it's just that they're two amateur fighters, guys that have never fought before. But if you're on the lower ground, if you're punching downwards over stands, I've seen it too many times because I love stadium Fall. fights. And then you just you'll fall, and it's so easy to manipulate it. You just grab the jersey down, and then you're just flailing, and then your your gravity, eyes are low. Gravity and then works. It's, Not everyone is Obi-Wan Kenobi, to Eagle's point. All right. Dicks on dicks. Dick Vitale tweeted about James Harden's performance, uh, but his message seemed to indicate something a little bit different, where the tweet said, also, the at Brooklyn Nets get a gutty game from BBC at (laughs) J Harden 13, playing with a bad hamstring. Yeah. So this is the old guy using the internet, right? (laughs) Like, I mean, what else would BBC stand for? I don't know what else it could stand for, but like, I I missed that I missed that part at first. I was like, oh, that's funny, James Harden, gutty performance because he got a gut. And then I was like, then Duke pointed out in our chat, and I was like, wait, what? Oh, really? <laughs> he, no, he means something else. He has to mean something. I don't know what Dick Vitale means, and he hasn't clarified it, and he hasn't taken the tweet down. He had to mean something else. There is a restaurant in Montreal called BBC. It's called Bon Bouffe Créole. It's a Haitian restaurant. It's called BBC. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we gotta get. Can't even make this shit up. Can't even make this shit. You gotta up. get them sponsored, man. Um, <laughs> I don't. I really don't know what else BBC would stand for other than that. Uh, but I would say that um, it's brave of him to keep it up. To yeah. Keep it on his on his feet. I have to nice. say, you know what? Listen, and sometimes in life, you don't just take things down. You just gotta. You gotta just keep it up when it's glorious. Brooklyn's big center champion. He's not even a center though. <laughs> no, not at all. All right. Uh, Mayweather escape plan. After Floyd Mayweather took home north of $35 million after his exhibition fight with Logan Paul, he had the following to say about his business practices. And they say, well, it's, it's not all about the money. Well, your kids can't eat legacy. The patches on my trunk, that's 30 million alone. So who's really the smartest one? in the sport of boxing. If you don't, if you guys don't want to see me do no exhibitions, don't come, don't watch. When it comes to legalized bank robbing, I'm the best. I don't care if y'all write good stories. I don't care if y'all write bad stories. At the end of the day, I will always have a last laugh. Damn, I'm writing this story about Floyd. But look at the house I go to. And look at the house he go to. Then all the guys that y'all said was extraordinary, the Canelos and the Pacquiao's, I made them look ordinary. And then when I see it's a chance for me to do a heist, a quick, <laughs> a quick heist, at the end of the day, I'm the smart one. He said, oh, Floyd don't look good like he used to look. 
my bank account looking better and better each and every day. No oh, man, so, I love that. He's one hundred percent right. Though. If I you really don't, wish I could see that one day, man. If you don't support the exhibitions, don't watch them. That's basically what it is. I mean, I bought, I bought it and I didn't even watch it. You bought it? Yeah. <laughs> because I'm a real Which, fan. And I paid no, for it. No, because you had bets on it for sure. No, I did not. You, You're betting on Belgium. You can't I tell me you bet on the exhibition. There was no winner. You can't bet on it. It's an exhibition. No, you could no, you could have bet on it. Logan yeah. Paul was like, oh, hey. really? Yeah, I would never yeah. bet. Because you're betting on a KO because there's no judges. And yeah, we know true. that neither it, of them are going to KO each other. Oh, it came close. Yeah. The, he helped him close, actually. He, 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 he carried him literally into the seventh round. Um, honestly, look, he's, he's 100% right. And, and he's the things that the Pauls are doing exist because of Floyd Mayweather. Yeah. Like he decided early in his career, you know what? I'm going to take this into my own hands. I'm going to host my own pay-per-views. I'm going to make all the money. And that's what he did. And he's, he hand-selected his opponents. He said, I'm not going to get hurt. I'm going to take all the money I can take. And and that's what they've that, – that's literally the playbook they've followed. And I keep saying to Terry, and I know we've disagreed, like, you know, the UFC has an issue where the player the, – the, the, the athletes are not making proportionally as much as they can. And at some point, they're going to take it into their own hands because the playbook already exists. So I'm gonna, uh, we disagree on this because it's nothing. No offense to you, I just know a little bit more. It's very easy to say that the guys in the UFC aren't getting paid when um, the fighters themselves, the ones that the ones that complain, are the ones that aren't in the UFC anymore. Mm-hmm. John Jones is asking for more money, but he's already agreed to a certain contract, right? It's his right to ask for more money. That's fine. Um, but like he's just an example. Like, but for the most part, like Conor McGregor was the highest paid athlete of the year last year. So don't tell me yeah. UFC fighters. Oh, no, but I'm not, I'm not. I'm not referring to the top, and I'm not saying. I'm saying that proportionally compared to what the the league makes, because there's no unions, because it, there's no there's no players association. What happens is that they don't get as much proportionally as other athletes get. As compared to leagues and, and, and teams and so on. Yeah, they get like 18% of the door Correct. as opposed to 50%. Yeah, so there's a lot of that. But like that but also because the UFC puts on a product where it's like there's so much there's so much staff and there's so much shit that they do and there's so much testing and all this stuff that the money goes somewhere else. It doesn't actually go to the company. Of course. But the thing is if, if I'm saying if at some point you can't, you can't see a reality where the athletes themselves say, you know what, we don't need – we don't need a promoter, essentially. We don't need the UFC. We don't need a league. We can do our own. We can put our own events together. Well, they, uh, they try. They try. Yeah. And at some, at some point, I think someone will be successful at it, and that's going to be the model. It's tough to beat the UFC. All right. Next. Rola Cola. Nice, in a post-game press conference, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo made a decision regarding product placement, as we can see here in this clip. Agua. That particular move costed Coke $4 billion of market share. Wow. That's crazy. Now, I have have a tinfoil hat theory. Ronaldo called in a short on Coke. (laughs) You think think he was using his margin account? Exactly, yeah. Um, It's possible. He's using Blockfolio. I, I, I saw this and then instantly went to go look at who sponsors Ronaldo. And of course, Coke was not one of them. No, 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 no. He doesn't, he doesn't have sponsors from companies that he doesn't morally align with. Like yeah. he will not have, uh, like even he, he's very famous for saying that, um, his son is not allowed to eat potato chips or, or eat fries or, or have, or have uh, any kind of, any kind of carbonated drinks. Um, see, his he, birthday he'll admit to it yeah. first. Yeah, he's got that. He's got that uh, TB12 diet, bro, going on. No, no, no strawberries either. Avocado ice cream. But the thing, avocado the, ice cream. Yeah, so I saw the same thing. I saw like all of his, all of his sponsorships are for companies that promote like healthy living, including like CRC. Uh, what's it called? Uh, CR7 fitness program or whatever it is. Yeah. So like, yeah, that's all that was. Um, and look, you know what? We talked about Naomi Osaka and, and how the leagues and stuff want to have them at press conferences. Be ready for stuff like this to happen. I agree. Yeah, absolutely. Good for both of them. Yeah. All right. Next, Psych. 
After getting hit by a pitch, Tampa Bay Rays' Brett Phillips makes a move towards Orioles pitcher Jorge Lopez. And so to try and make sure you don't get a brawl at the mound, uh, the umpire decided to run himself in. We get to watch it here. Oh, look out. Phillips hit by that pitch. Oh, come on. They, they just took that. Phillips is yeah. having some fun. and uh... So... <laughs> That's funny. What are you talking about? Why is that bad? Down to first. That they might have a little excitement there for a minute. Well, listen. Why is that bad? Nick Marley. He uh, he responded. Watch Brett Phillips. First of all, he gets drilled. That that does not feel good. He can see he's laughing already. Oh boy. Why is that bad? He, he saw it coming. Decided to have some fun with it. I think he said something to the effect of, "But why are you throwing at me?" <laughs> you know, All right, the, the whole the thing. Ump thought the, he was going to run at him, right? So we right, 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 right. Do what the guy. No, it's because I miss saw it. I miss saw it when I first when I saw it, when I first saw the clip. I thought that uh, the, the story was that the umpire interfered in a in, in a uh, in, in in a mound charge. Uh, okay, no, okay. Well, I, mean, I guess it's it was a joke. It's his job. No, no, that's, no that's let him let, let him fight. Let him fight. Let a couple of punches fly. But I mean, I, I totally misunderstood that one. So I guess it was an, a joker inside. I, I still don't understand it. Yeah, Brett, Brett Phillips and, and Jorge Lopez are are friends. They were former teammates. So he was just sort of joking around. Um, and you can even see, like, you know, when, when pitchers hit a guy, usually there's no reaction. Lopez looked upset, like, oh shit, like he looked like apologetic instantly yeah. when it happened. Um, and so uh, it didn't look like a fast pitch either. By the way, it looked like it, it was a slider or something. That any of those things hit any of us, and we're in so much pain. <laughs> they they throw so goddamn hard. Um, yeah, it was it was cool to see guys having fun in baseball. Um, that already uh, is more people on the field having fun than in the stands. And yeah. last one for today: how sweep it is. Uh, last week, we saw the Montreal Canadiens sweep the Winnipeg Jets, and one of Carey Price's neighbors hand-delivered a broom tied to a goalie hockey stick to his house with a note that said, thanks for everything and good luck in the next round, which I found cute. But I think we have it beat this week in a Suck up of a neighbor, by the way. deciding to sweep Nuggets off of this <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I like uh, that a lot. Sports fans are never, never lacking creativity. That's for sure. Um, I, the na- the neighbor that brings. I'm going to take the opposite side. I'm going to call them out. You're, you're the Suns fans. Why do you even have nuggets in your house? Yeah. What the Come fuck on, is that yeah, shit? Step it up. In the <laughs> middle of a up. series. Seriously, you, you should be eating nothing but like sun chips. I know. I know it's cute. I know. I know it's cute that Terry Price's uh, neighbors decided to bring over a broom, but at the same time, I'm sure like that neighbor probably has a history of doing weird things because he has a celebrity as a as a neighbor. So they're probably like, okay, this is kind of cool. But then watch him try and do something like next week, and it'll be like, okay, chill, Philip. Uh, you got to stop bringing shit over to my house. Man. Sunny D. Sunny D. And that's it for this week, boys. Right on time. <laughs> All right. Go Vegas. Yeah, whatever. Vegas in five. We're running on P's time, so we're early. Yeah, exactly. It's time adjacent. It's time adjacent. Uh, well, thank five. you for dropping in. Thank you, Terry, for uh, your work as always. Um, good luck. Why on is there the- a penis in your background? I lost. Like, I, I lost. Totally I lost the it. bet. I lost the bet because fucking Ben Simmons it's decided to not get any point. Jerk. Jerk. What is Ben Simmons doing this series anyway? Um, that said, for those of you who do enjoy our content. Join us on a live stream, although you're only going to be hearing this podcast or seeing it after the live stream. So join all of our live streams. Um, definitely do hit us up. Uh, do rate, subscribe, review. Um, look, Terry has nothing on his walls. It's because we need your support and we need your help. So support our sponsors so that Terry can um, have something up there. Um, a drawing of a penis, drawing of a lion, perhaps. Um, maybe some sun chips. Other than Duke's background, a sex dungeon from hell. Yeah, <laughs> very clear. That's what it's it a is. painting. It's a painting called Hell, by the way. Just to let you know. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a Renaissance like, painting. There's a guy looks like he's hanging upside down and he's getting a blowjob. He is. He's actually being consumed by the demon. 
inside him. Thank you. I'll consume your thank demon. Thank you for those who already have subscribed. Thank you for those who watched. Thank you, Eagle, for everything you've done. And thank you all for letting me be myself. You've been listening to Hot Sauce Sports.